I'm super passionate about worship. I'm super passionate about music, prayer, reading the word. These are things that just... Thanks, bro. What a servant heart, man. Love it. These are, these are things that just kind of really get me excited. Um, so let's just pray. Hey, God, we just want to honor you tonight. There's just been this amazing time of musical worship that's just happened. And your presence here is so, so amazingly tangible, God. And we just want to continue into that. And I just pray, God, that as we, as we talk about this thing, this worship thing tonight, God, that you would just really open our eyes and you would begin to uh, turn our thinking from, from inward to outward towards you, God. So we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. And we just want to bless you and honor you with everything that we do, not only tonight, but in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, like Monica said, we're starting this new series, um, Worship Rehab. Um, and what I really loved about this whole idea of worship rehab was that it was this concept that we would you know, show up to church or, or, or on a Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday night, and we would kind of come in, we've had a super busy week, we'd be like, oh, the music, awesome, pop a couple of worship music pills, as it were, and then we'd go through the sermon and we'd leave and we'd go home, and that would kind of be our worship for the week. Now, I'm not saying that's what we all do, but that's kind of one of the things we were talking about when we were um, discussing the next, uh, the next series, this worship rehab series, was that's kind of how we've, the, the pattern that we've fallen into. Um, so that's why we've called it uh, Worship Rehab. Um, we have some amazing speakers over the next few weeks who are going to be talking about different aspects of worship. Um, and it's just going to be so cool. I can't wait for those. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself really quick. Uh, my name's Darren. If you didn't know, you may kind of recognize me from up here. Um, and I'm 30. Um, I've been married for... Oh, I shouldn't have opened with that one. Eight. Sorry, babe. Hi, online people. <laughs> I've been married for um, seven or eight years, something like that. Um, we've got a beautiful little... Yeah. Whoops. We've got a beautiful little eight-month... Eight-month-old girl. I know how old she is, so that's good. That many sleepless nights. Uh, beautiful little eight-month-old girl, Melody. And um, I started uh, doing worship music when I was 13. Started guitar when I was seven. Worship music when I was 13, I was invited onto the music team. And then from there, I've basically just kind of stepped into different roles, into worship leading, into doing some study. Um, I did a year at Pathways. Um, Diploma in Christian Ministries, and then from there, I accepted a part-time job um, doing the worship music for Sunday nights, and then around about a year and a half, two years ago, stepped into a full-time role here as the worship pastor at Bethlehem Baptist Church. And what's been so cool for me about it is not only seeing our teams grow, but just kind of looking back over my own life and going, man, God's just opened all these doors. And it's so cool that we can all do that. There's all things in our lives where we can look back and go, man, look at that trajectory God's got us on. Like he's just, he just knows. He orders our steps. Um, and yeah, it's just great. So I guess when I was about 17 or 18, because that's kind of when I really started pressing into this whole worship music 
kind of side. I, I was kind of learning guitar and learning how to sing and all these things up until that point. When I was 17 or 18, that's when I kind of was like, yes, this is absolutely what I want to do, you know, as a job. This is what I want to do to serve God. And when I look back, my thoughts on worship were very much what I talked about right at the beginning. It was very much this whole idea of um, I, I did what I did during the week, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of drinking, um, some girls thrown in there just for fun. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but it's, it's pretty funny to me. I collected things that didn't belong to me for a little while there. That wasn't great either. And then I would show up uh, to church on a Sunday, and I was like the worship guy. But, and, and in my heart, I truly meant what I was doing up here. I truly meant the words that I was singing and praising my God. But my life didn't reflect what I was doing from up here. Um, and as I kind of got older, I would change that lifestyle, which is really good. Um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here. Uh, I got married, and I, and I really started thinking, there must be more to worship, because I'm still stuck in this worship is music, worship is what we do on Sunday. There must be more to worship than just showing up on a Wednesday night for youth and leading music or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. And so this led me to take on the part-time and full-time job here at BBC, and this really led me to, um, I guess, really have to search for the true meaning of what worship is. And as, as I did that, I came to this conclusion that worship isn't music. Music is one of the ways that we express our love and our adoration for God, but it isn't worship in of itself. And, well, it, it is, but it isn't worship full stop. Um, and I came to this conclusion, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not a thing we do, it's the way that we live. And how I came to that conclusion was through all my kind of study and reading things and talking to different people, the same verse just kept coming back to me. People would tell me, I'd, I'd open my Bible and search, I'd look on you know, Uncle Google and what is worship? You know, It's a great place to find information sometimes. And then um, this verse, which is going to pop up on the screen now, Romans 12. Uh, Romans 12.1, also verse 2, but we're just going to focus on uh, verse 1 tonight. This was the verse that just kept coming back to me. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. <clears throat> wow. That's pretty kind of in your face. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So we are to present ourselves, our bodies, our lives, our actions, as a living sacrifice to our God. And this is our true act of worship. And that's huge, eh? That's like quite a, quite a different view of worship from just the music on a Sunday. 
And the vivid imagery here perfectly captures what our response, the Christian response to God's grace in Christ should be. Uh, There's a word in here, sacrifice. And it's a pretty intense word. Um, and, and it's quite an intimidating thing. So, like, whoa, when you know we think of sacrifices, it's it's often you know like a biblical sacrifice. There was an animal, um, or something like that involved. <clears throat> um, sacrifices were a huge part of the lifestyle and worship of not only Jews at the time, because at this time this is um, Paul writing to the Romans. At this time, um, sacrifices were a huge part of. Jewish lifestyle, but not only for them, but also for the Gentiles or, or the non-Jews. <clears throat> Sorry, can I get a drink of water? That's what happens when I get nervous as well. I get a little parched. Um, where am I? Uh, um, up until this time in history for the Jews, animal sacrifices had been made to atone for or pay for the sins that that person and their families had racked up over the previous year. And for the Gentiles, depending on where they came from, sacrifices were made to whichever gods that they served. Oh, lost my place there. All right, sacrifices were made to the gods uh, to ensure that their lives were as rich and easygoing as possible. And um, actually, when my wife and I, um, probably about three or four years ago, thanks, Monica. Cheers. About three or four years ago, um, we decided to do a missions trip over to Bangladesh for a year, where we would teach. It was something that we, we felt God was calling us to. Um, and there was this amazing time um, during the year, um, and they called it the Bloody Eid. And basically, they performed live animal sacrifice literally out on the street uh, in front of our house. And I thought, I'm going to watch. This is not something you get to see every day and kind of immersing myself a little bit in the culture and just seeing what this was all about. Um, and what it did do was it made me super thankful that we don't have to do that. It was, it was quite uh, eye-opening and, and frankly, like my heart when I was watching, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should be watching this. It, it was kind of a scary thing almost for me. Um, not spiritually so much, but just because I didn't really... I guess, want to see an animal die in front of me, but there was this, this curiosity, and it made me so thankful that we don't have to do that <clears throat> um, anymore. Uh, and the reason that we don't have to do that um, as Christians is that Christ became a sacrifice for us. And, it, and, I, and it's something that we know, but I think it's something that we don't dwell on very much, that before Christ, sacrifices, animal sacrifices had to be made in order for us to atone for our sins. But then along comes this, this Jesus, and he, he claims to be the Son of God, and he is, and he chooses to sacrifice himself on a cross for you, for me, and Every time I think of that, I just, I don't know, there's just this deep sense of, first of all, sadness that humanity, we got ourselves into that state in the first place, but also this huge sense of relief and joy that we don't have to make up for that anymore.
Jesus, the Son of God, was nailed to a cross to be the ultimate sacrifice once and for all, for all our sins. And this is why Paul urges us in Romans 12 to be as a living sacrifice. You see, animal sacrifices were basically a one-shot wonder. Once the animal was dead, it was no longer of use to atone for any future sins. But a living sacrifice paints a picture not just of what we can give to God, but giving our whole selves to him over and over on a daily basis. And this can be a really, really difficult thing to do. In fact, life in general can be difficult to do. Stuff happens and we can sometimes get overwhelmed with the day-to-day problems life can throw at us. And when we are stuck in these ruts or just having a bad day, it can be very easy to show up to a church service on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday if you go to youth group and have that feeling of, I don't really want to be here. I do it because I do it, but I don't, I don't really want to be here. Or even um, something like, you get here and the band starts playing and you like the first song, you like the second song, and then you're like, ah, oh, this one. I kind of hate this song. I don't agree with it or it just doesn't speak to me. I don't feel the fuzzies when I, when I sing it. Um, or even you might be saying to yourself, I don't feel like I'm worthy to worship God right now because of X, Y, and Z that's going on in my life. And trust me when I say that these are very normal and human feelings to have, but that's just the thing. That's just the thing right there. They're feelings. Woo! And we can't let our feelings dictate our worship life. We can't let our feelings dictate our adoration of God. Could you imagine, you know, the story of Abraham and Isaac? If you don't know, I'll quickly go over it. Um, Abraham was promised um, a son. He and his wife thought they couldn't have uh, a child. He and his wife thought they couldn't have any kids. And then when all kind of hopes seemed lost, they were both getting on in years. God blesses them with a child. And then not long, a few years after that child's born, God says to Abraham, hey, I want you to go up to the mountain. I want you to sacrifice your son to me, for me. And Abraham's like, but you said, God's like, I want you to do it. And so Abraham does. He goes up on the mountain and he's just about to sacrifice his only son, the promised son. And then then an angel of the Lord says, stop, it's okay. It was basically a little test there for you and you pass with flying colors. You don't have to do that. And then uh, God provided uh, an animal for Abraham to sacrifice. So could you imagine though, if Abraham had been asked to do that and he'd followed his feelings at the time? Because I can imagine now that I'm a father, I'd be like... (laughs) Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a very good thing to do, God. That, it, this doesn't seem right. That's not fear. If Abraham, could you imagine if Abraham had followed his feelings when God asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac, would he have gone through with it? Perhaps not. Probably not. If he'd gone with how he felt. But he did go through with it. And he did it out of obedience to what God had asked him. He didn't do it because he felt like doing it or didn't do it because he felt like not doing it. He did it out of this reverence and obedience to God because he knew God had 
a bigger plan and God could see everything. And it's this obedience that calls us to worship God regardless of our circumstance. We need to choose to worship God on a daily basis, regardless of how we feel at the time. Because to be blunt, if we only worship God when we feel like it, what we're saying is that God is only worthy when I feel he is. And I'm going to say that again. God, what we're saying, if we follow our feelings and we choose not to worship when, when we feel like it, we're saying that God is only worthy when we feel that he is worthy. And that's a really hard, sobering thought. And as that thought kind of came to me, I was like, man, I've, I've done that before. I've chosen not to because I didn't feel like it. But it's this idea that if we have that mindset, what are we saying about the greatness of God? What are we saying about the glory and the splendor and the majesty and the worthiness of the creator of the universe, the person who loves you, the person who made you, the person who knows you intimately? We are called to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, to live a lifestyle of worship. And this is all good and well in theory, but how are we actually supposed to outwork this request of being a living sacrifice daily? And simply put, it's going back to the basics. It's just going back to those fundamentals, the things we get told. You know, when we first became Christians or when our parents taught us, the, these really seemingly basic things that can often fall by the wayside. And I'm going to talk about a few of those now. We need to open our Bibles. We need to read the Word of God. We need to do this daily so that when troubles come, we're prepared with the truth of God to face and overcome them. And also because God speaks to us so strongly through the Scriptures, this is an act of worship to Him. We need to pray, not just when we need something, but view prayer as an open-ended, continual dialogue with our God. Remember that he longs to hear your voice and be in relationship with you. He cares about every part of your life, no matter how big, no matter how small or insignificant you may feel or you may think it is. He created you and he loves you so much, so talk to him. Just talk to him. He just wants to hear your voice. He knows what we're going to say before we say it, but he wants to hear you say it anyway. This is worship to him. When we sing songs at church, give it everything that you've got. You might not feel like you're a singer, you might not feel like you connect, but remember that he is worth it, so give him everything anyway. He is worthy of your praise. This is worship to him. On your parents, this is worship to him. Stand up for the poor, weak, and vulnerable in our communities. This is worship to him. So it's been a relatively short talk tonight, and I'd just like to ask the band um, to come on up as we close. And I guess what it comes down to, what I've been saying, what this all boils down to, 
is how high up is God on your priority list? How high up is God on your list of life things that you do on a daily basis? How much of a look-in does God get? What things are sitting above God in your life? Choosing to sacrifice these things that have a higher standing in your life is an act of true worship. Devoting to more time to him than TV and social media, these are acts of true worship to him. Living a life with God at the center is an act of true worship. Because God deserves all of you all the time, not just some of you some of the time. Um, I really hope you've been blessed tonight. I really hope that you got something out of this. Like I said earlier, we've got some amazing speakers following this up, and I'm just super, super passionate about this. Speaking isn't my forte, but this is just my, my heart. So remember that God deserves all of you all the time, and you need to make that choice to lay those other things down in your life so that God can be placed at the center. So I'm just going to pray, and then the band is going to lead us in one final song. You guys did such an awesome job tonight. It was so cool, so cool. God, you are worth everything to us. God, you are powerful. You are mighty. You are strong. You are gracious. You are kind. You are just. And as we go from here tonight, God, continually be reminding us of your place in our lives because it's so easy for us to forget. God, we choose tonight to live a life of worship, to be a living sacrifice, to daily lay down those things that get in the way, to daily choose to worship you, to daily choose to pick up our cross and to honor you with every word, with every action, with everything that we do with our lives, God. Be ever speaking to us. We love you. We love you so much, Father. Have your way in our lives. We pray, God, that you are blessed and that you are glorified in everything that we do. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. And we choose to worship you from this moment until the day that we pass over into the kingdom of heaven and from then on forever.